You choose Columbus Business First every week to give you the inside industry intelligence for nearly every business sector in Central Ohio. And Columbus Business First chose Crate Media as its official podcast partner for its unique show, Women of Influence, now 70 episodes strong. With 4 million shows, hundreds of millions of listeners, and industry advertising revenues approaching $4 billion, podcasting is the fastest-growing audio medium in the U.S. From law to medical, construction to automotive, retail to real estate, every brand has a story. Let Crate Media help tell yours. Visit crate.media slash CBF to learn more about how we can help while receiving a free one-hour casting session with our expert producers, which will help to uncover and shape your company's branded podcast. To learn more about sponsoring Columbus Business First Women of Influence podcast, please email Advertising Director Steve Hewitt at shewitt at bizjournals.com to get started. That's S-H-E-W-I-T-T at bizjournals.com. We're hired by marketing to try to understand what opportunities exist for innovation. Earlier in my career, we did mostly product innovation. Now there seems to be a real openness to understanding the experience of a product, a service, an environment, generally speaking, an ecosystem. So we only do qualitative, so we're really asking the why and not the what. And we find that when you collect that why information, there's so many things you can do with it afterwards, as opposed to really just getting the statistics and the what. From Columbus Business First, it's Women of Influence, an interview series showcasing some of the most inspiring women in the Central Ohio business community. Today's guest, Leah McDougald, works in the field of design research, studying our world and people in it on behalf of Columbus's biggest brands to innovate better experiences, products, and services. It's wide-reaching work. Even as she now runs her own business, Leah remains closely involved in the firm's projects, working on her business and working in it at the same time. She's also a newly appointed board member for the Women's Fund of Central Ohio, a reader of non-business books, a Carolina cabin vacationer, and an energized proponent for female mentorship. Awesome. Well, Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really great to talk to you. Well, thanks for having me. I just wanted to start fairly open-ended about your company, how you came to start it, essentially. Where did your interest in research come from? And how did you decide that that you wanted to be a business owner? Well, that's a a great question. I actually went to school at Ohio State for the intention of being in social services. So got a degree in sociology, planning on getting my master's. Part of what I loved about that was really my interest in nonprofit, my interest in issues in the community I live in. And lo and behold, life kind of happened. And I ended up taking a job at a design research firm here in town. And I think my background with data analysis and also this interest in the human side of the world, of the community of designed products and experiences really helped me just feel connected to that work. So I stayed in the industry ever since. That was in 2004, so almost 20 years. Uh, It'll be 10 years next year that I decided to go out on my own My daughter at the time was nine, and I thought, I'm traveling a lot overseas, and I'm spending a lot of time away from home, and I don't know how much longer she's going to like me. (laughs) And so I thought, you know what? There's an opportunity here for a female view on designed experiences, and I thought, I have enough connections. I'm going to try to go on my own for a little bit. And I was fortunate enough at that point to build, and the word spread, and through word of mouth, just hired as I needed, and here we are today. Leah's work is a little tough to define. Design research, of course, is a way of understanding why things are made the way they are or why they work how they do. 
For Lee and her clients, the key is understanding how and why consumers use or interact with a product or service and how to improve it. Can you maybe give me some examples of the types of clients you work with and and what they come to you asking them for help with? Absolutely. We have a huge variety of clients, but ultimately we get hired sometimes by R&D and design teams, user experience or what they call UX teams. But most often we're hired by marketing to try to understand what opportunities exist for innovation. And while earlier in my career, we did mostly product innovation, now there seems to be a real openness to understanding the experience of a product, a service, an environment, generally speaking, an ecosystem. So a client might come to us and say, we have segmentation, we understand the demographics of our customer, but we don't really understand their lived experiences. We want to understand what they're motivated by so that we can design and innovate to meet those expectations. And it goes from medical equipment to digital banking apps. We also work in the consumer packaged goods space. So it's it's a variety. We get to be little mini experts and change all the time. And it's amazing. And how do you go about answering that question? So we do mostly ethnographic research is a form that we, a methodology we use quite a bit, which means that we go contextually into spaces where people actually work or live their life. So if we're learning about, let's say, habits or banking rituals, we might go into somebody's home and how do you pay bills? We start to talk to them in a real empathetic way to understand what's their relationship with money, what's their desired relationship with the bank or financial institution. And we try to understand them from a real core value system. And what we do then is maybe bring in potential concepts from banking or the financial industry we're representing and try to understand where's the gap and how can we do a better job on delivering what they need and what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. That feels much more labor intensive than I guess I might have thought. (laughs) Is that ever a hard sell to the client or do they often know kind of what they're looking for when they're working with you? Well, the beauty and the challenge of being a small business who really didn't intend to be a business is that we get a lot of our work based on word of mouth. Mm -hmm. As we are growing up in this industry, there's a lot of opportunities to be better marketers of ourselves, but uh, we're very fortunate. We have return clients and people who really understand the value of getting this type of research. We only do qualitative, so we're really asking the why and not the what. And we find that when you collect that why information, there are so many things you can do with it afterwards, as opposed to really just getting the statistics and the what. Where is your business at today? How many team members do you have? Where are you based? Sort of give me the little summary there. For sure. <laughs> we are still a small but mighty team. We have an office in Grandview. Right now, we're about six people, and we have some other collaborators that we work with pretty regularly as far as a contract basis. But our intention is to stay small in a boutique way. We're able to be really flexible and really dig in and understand what our clients need, and our size helps us do that. We don't have a canned approach. We have trained moderators and really just a lot of people with product design background, but also social services and sciences background like me. And so we come together and we explore the art and design of the world around mm-hmm. us. It's great. And are you at this point still working in the business or working on the business? Are you still doing a lot of research yourself or largely running this operation? I am doing it and (laughs) and I love it. I honestly think that it might be a curse someday, but right now it's a blessing. I love it. I will spend several weeks on the road in veterinary clinics watching animal surgery and I can't get enough of it, you know? (laughs) And it's so it's something that still gets me out of bed every morning and I feel really fortunate for that. For Leah, staying in the field and doing the work is part of her leadership style. It's a good example that the end goal doesn't have to include leaving the work you love behind, 
even if you do build a successful business around it. One of the other reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is you are involved with the Women's Fund. Tell me a little bit about your involvement with that organization. How did you get involved and what are you doing with them? Yeah, the Women's Fund of Central Ohio is an incredible organization that I heard of actually five years ago when they put out a big research perspective in 2019. I really started looking into them and we became sponsors of their annual keyholder event. We started volunteering our time whenever there was a call to do so. And I think my team and I really feel that the mission of the Women's Fund to actually be the levers for change and provide real advocacy for women and girls and equity in this city is it's super close to our hearts. When an opportunity came about for me to join the board and I was recommended, I jumped at the chance. Uh, my board nomination happened in June and I officially became a board member in July of 2023. Awesome. And you are doing some research work with them as well, or they have a kind of a research initiative. Can you talk? So they that? have a research initiative that is being kicked off in early 2024. I, as a board member, am not doing the research, but I'm fortunate enough to help on the oversight committee of that research. And right now, it's still being defined, but we know that it's so important for this research to happen because honestly, Women's Fund is the only organization that's focused solely on social change for women and girls in Columbus. We know that the census in 2020 said that the fastest growing uh, population in Columbus are Black women. And yet they fall on the lowest end of all of the economic spectrums and metrics right now. So we know that there is a need specifically for women and girls to be elevated and be a part of this growth in Columbus. And this research aims to do that. We know that the census in 2020 said that the fastest growing uh, population in Columbus are black women. And yet they fall on the lowest end of all of the economic spectrums and metrics right now. So we know that there is a need specifically for women and girls to be elevated and be a part of this growth in Columbus. And this research aims to do that. Speaking as a research expert, how can research help? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what? It's such a great question, though, because honestly, it's one of the reasons I'm rallying around this so much. Women's Fund has brought on some amazing partnerships and funders who are super committed to getting actionable insights. Historically, we get a lot of data. We know that Columbus has low unemployment, and we are proud of that. We know that it's shifted somewhat over the years, of course, like all cities have, but we know that unemployment rates are not the same as gender equity and pay gap and success. It's just not the same. And we know that women have had the hardest time bouncing back from the pandemic. And we believe that with so much innovation and investment in Columbus right now happening, there's such an opportunity for these lived experiences of women to be elevated. The big thing for me is that when women thrive, cities thrive. This research is really about helping to empower women to make great decisions. And that's the the main vein, actually, of the Women's Fund. The grant-making process is amazing. If you're not familiar with it, once a year, the Women's Fund invites members of the community to be part of the grant allocation process, which is incredible. They read these grants. They're funding small businesses that are started and ran by women. They're empowering them to do what they see fit with the money they're given. It was held this year at the Columbus Public Library, and it was just a blast. And you go on Teams, you're reading all of these amazing submissions, and you're learning about, wow, what is actually happening and how many brave and smart women are coming to the table with their ideas and how the Women's Fund is evaluating those ideas to fund them, but also giving feedback and mentorship to develop those business plans further when needed. 
So, and the funding partners such as JP Morgan is an amazing funder for the upcoming research and also past several past things with the Women's Fund in general. And they're really aligning their dollars with impact. The point is they aren't just making a donation and walking away. They are really committed to helping women um, have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's an opportunity that we don't often see. There's a lot of strings to be pulled around when money is raised and then donated to marginalized communities. And hopefully this process that the Women's Fund is doing, it's going to, this research is going to bring so much attention to how important the grant funding Mm -hmm. process is for these women. So that's our goal. I recommend anyone who's listening to go to the website and find out when the next grant reading activity is. That website is womensfundcentralohio.org. Well, transitioning a little bit more, just about you. So uh, where would somebody find you on a free Saturday? Oh, wow. Great question. Well, when I'm not in North Carolina at my cabin that I love so much that I just got back from, honestly, I am usually out with my girlfriends. I'm an empty nester now. So life has changed for me a little (laughs) bit. I'm not having to run around and do the sports things or do the suburban mom thing anymore. (laughs) It's great. So I'm really into supporting the arts here in town. We spend a lot of time in Franklinton and other areas that we've really fallen in love with. And I'm lucky enough to try all the great restaurants in Columbus as well. Well, that's great. As a person who recently had a Halloween party derailed by babysitters canceling, I'm happy to hear that there is Life on the other side. There is life on the other side. And let me tell you, it is even better in your 40s than it could be in your 20s. So, And what about books? Are you a big reader? What are you reading right now? Or what do you like to read? I do love to read very much. You know, it's funny. I think most people would say this, that they go in waves of finding that time for themselves to read. I just finished Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, so I could go see the movie. And that mm-hmm. was an excellent read. And I know this is an unpopular thing to say, but I'm not a really big business book reader. Mm -hmm. I am like a very uh, hands-on, extroverted, I want to be immersed in my work um, and I want to discuss it and hear about it and learn from other people and mentors in my industry. But very rarely will you find me with a business book in my hand. I spent the first half of my career buying them and Mm -hmm. then watching them collect dust. And Mm -hmm. I thought, you know what? I think I'm just going to live this work. I will say Um. a lot of it. A lot of things I've found time for myself for also at this age that I never had is meditation support. And uh, there's an incredible meditation coach here in town, Juan Alvarez, who uh, helps a lot of business owners kind Mm -hmm. of find their center and practice mindfulness. And it's really been life-changing for me. Oh, wow. Uh, I always like to ask my guests if they would offer a piece of advice to a young woman new into the, the workforce, maybe just graduating from college interested in following in your footsteps, what piece of advice would you give her? Well, outside of the design research focus of what I do for a living, I think I struggled for a long time not having any female mentors. We live in a very amazing city and there are mentorships available. There are groups, there are meetups, there are clubs, but they are almost always men. Seeing representation of myself as a young woman would have been really helpful. For me, I love the opportunity to lecture at the Ohio State University, CCAD, when possible, and try to put myself and my team who's interested in it out there. We have a lot of people come in, young women come into our office almost weekly and visit. We take time, we explain to them what we do and you know the idea of what we do and the creativity and the data collection, and it's such a beautiful mashup of so many 
aspects of life. Every product you ever pick up has probably had research done. So even if you're not interested in that career, you're interested in hearing women be passionate about what they do. Mm -hmm. My advice would be find yourself a woman mentor or 10 women mentors. <laughs> and if you can't find one, become one. Mm -hmm. That's terrific. I think that's a great note to end on. And I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank Leah. you. Thanks all for right. having me. And thanks so much to all of you for joining us as well. If you're not already, then follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll be notified of each new episode as it's released. Another huge thank you to Leah McDougall for joining us. I'm Eleanor Kennedy, Assistant Managing Editor of Columbus Business First, and this has been Women of Influence. <laughs> <laughs>